I'm pleased to announce that the knee surgery on our star striker was a complete success. Unfortunately, the lobotomy failed. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diegos. Welcome back. This is World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia. Coming up is a wrap of all things happening in world football, but first... Whilst what happens on the pitch is very, very important, what happens to grow the game off it is almost as important, especially in a developing football market such as Australia. Joining us today is the man charged with the responsibility of doing just that. Please, a big four Diego's World Football Weekly welcome to FFA, Head of Corporate Affairs and Communication, Kyle Patterson. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hola, amigos. Hola, it's Rodrigo <laughs> Rodriguez and Carlos Alberto Diego. How are you, How are you Kyle? Let... Oh, good. Good to hear you guys are still uh, finding new and innovative ways to uh, <laughs> spread the gospel of the world game. So just run me through some of the, uh, the, the nations of the world taking us in today. Oh, look. Well, we're, talking, we're speaking with you, Kyle, because... We're, we're big in Solomon Islands, apparently. <laughs> That's right. And the PNG, and, uh, and I think not too bad in Vietnam too, Kyle. So Fab. Yes. Well, Fabulous. mate, with a guy, a guy you know, um, who's got a, a title like Head of Corporate Affairs and Communication, it sounds like you're working a little bit too hard for us at the FFA, mate. Uh, it sounds like an exhausting job. Now, you've only been doing it for a relatively short time. If that was us, we'd be burnt out by now. How are you feeling? Well, look, um, as, as you say, the euphemism is it's an issues-rich environment, which means there's all sorts of stuff happening in the circus. But I tend to love it because um, anybody who... Uh, wants to live or work in football, has to understand that it's passion. It's not, not logic. It's not rational, but it's what makes our blood curse through our veins. And, and I love it. And um, I'm, I'm uh, tragic, as you know. I've devoted uh, a lot of my waking hours over a lot of my life to uh, this beautiful game. It's been the university of life for me. I never made it to university, but I don't think I missed much because <laughs> I, was, I was able to uh, learn all the things that matter by uh, travelling as a backpacker at the start following football and ended up, um, I think famously, uh, I was uh, standing on the terraces at the Bernabeu in uh, 1980 when Nottingham Forest beat Hamburg in what was then called the European Cup final. And that really um, decided my course in life. I just loved the whole the whole theatre and, and how important it was and how it was much more important than life and death, as uh, Bill Shankly would say. <laughs> And, and you know what? I'm not one of those people that um, wants to put on, pull on a corporate hat. It's in my title, which is probably a bit of a misnomer because, for me, football's not about the corporate side. Football's about the fact that, for most people, Monday to Friday is the boring part of the week. Yeah. It's Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, when the football's played. That's when, the, when you come alive. So... Uh, we should. I might have to change my title down the track. Be director of showbiz rather than head of corporate affairs. <laughs> yeah, Just make sure Frank Lowy knows all about that, mate. Uh, oh yeah. Right. Uh, now, Kyle, it's Carlos. Now, in another life, you were a media star that was quite uh, quite forthright in your comments. Hard against, hitting, Carlos. Yeah, hard hitting. Uh, you were almost a bit of a, a talisman with the uh, with you know uh, making sure that Soccer Australia were uh, you know. Yeah, keeping them honest with the way they went about doing things. Uh, now you've stepped into the probably the most important administrative football role in the country. What have you learnt now that you're in that role that you probably didn't know or understand when you're a media commentator? Well, look, I was lucky to have a a, a fair transition from uh, you know poacher to gamekeeper, as a few of my friends keep reminding me, because I left um, SBS and spent a year working with Football New South Wales on what was then the 
a bid to have a an A League team, which was we we actually called Sydney FC, and it went on to become a very successful club and champion in year one of the A League. But I did spend um, probably seven years out of football directly working in commercial and marketing jobs. So I guess I had to slowly reprogram my my thinking from being a uh, what. Um, Blushingly, might be called a hard-hitting journalist <laughs> to becoming a um, a uh, propagandist and spin doctor. Right now, Kyle, as you mentioned earlier, you know you were um, you've you've loved, you've lived and breathed this game all of your life, and you know um, just as much as anyone, if not more, the shortcomings of the game in this country. Now, what's yeah. the one thing that you're hell bent on fixing before you go on FFA long service leave <laughs> in 2025? Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, there's there's um, I'll tell you my story quickly. In 1966, I got the shock of my life when I went to primary school for the first time with a football under my arm to kick around and got told, told that was a wog ball. I was a wog baller. And I, didn't, I just couldn't fathom what they were talking about. So in my lifetime, I've seen not just that we're no longer wog ball, I've now seen mums, girls, old, old blokes, young blokes, everyone playing this game. So we've achieved that. We've achieved the purpose of moving from what was probably the, the periphery of Australian society in the 60s to the mainstream, and that's been fantastic. The next step for me, the next step for me, very clearly, is that we go from not just being a mainstream participation sport to being the mainstream choice for people to watch on television, to attend matches, to buy merchandise, because clearly at the moment our strength is our numbers at the grassroots. Probably 1.7 million people in our known. Uh, you know, player, volunteer, referee base, but until we've got that connection with the professional tier, I mean, one of the things I'd love to see is that that any time a soccer game goes on sale in the future, and we'll get there, what happens is that the, the, the football family gets first pop at it, we sell it everything, we don't have to spend a dollar on advertising. Mm. That's we're, we're a fair way off that at the moment because we haven't done a great job connecting and showing the relevance to the family who take their kid to an under-six uh, sign up uh, day which they'll do next year what's the relevance for that family and that kid to the a-league and the socceroos we've got a little bit of work to do there so that's my that's my uh, my stretch goal if you like that we suddenly turn a lot of the current players referees participants volunteers and they do a fabulous job but we make them realize that that the socceroos and the a-league are a part of them they actually they're actually the owners of these two of these teams it's a national team it's not a team that belongs to Holger Osek or Kyle Patterson or anybody it belongs to every one of those 1.7 million people. We need to not just say that as a bit of rhetoric. We need to make it make it true. We need to communicate to those people, make them feel that they have the accessibility, take the players to the suburbs. Whatever we have to do, turn our strength in numbers into our commercial strength so that we've then got the, the commercial resources and the capital to feed all the game. At the moment, we've got many, many mouths and probably, in fairness, not enough capital to feed them all. So that's my goal long term. Here on World Football Weekly, we're speaking with FFA Head of Showbiz, Kyle Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, it's Carlos again. Now, uh, there's no World Cup bid to worry about. There's no expansion plans for the A-League, not for the uh, foreseeable future anyway. There's plenty yep. of clear air to work with. You've got 30 seconds, mate. What's a strategic <laughs> plan to do everything you just talked about at the FFA? Yeah, well, look, I, I, you guys um, will get very excited, I think, very soon. We're going to have, um, I think, a really great... Uh, brand campaign now that's advertising agency talk but i'll say it brand campaign which is basically a campaign you know driven by a television commercial driven by communications let's call it something different 
we're going to excite the footy, football fans of Australia about the next A-League season. We've got a really, really direct message. We're going to use those people I spoke about, the diverse faces, the people who are the, the mums and dads who have their kids playing in junior footy, the referees, even the old fans of clubs who no longer are in the top flight, the likes of you know the, the, the Heidelbergs, the Marconis, the, 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 the Brisbane Strikers. We're going, to put, we're going to try and wrap our arms around everybody and say and actually live up to that rhetoric. It's your game. You're part of the game. You love the days you're on the terrace. You're, you're never more alive as a football fan when you're at the game. And we're going to try and communicate that. We've got um, a, probably, I'd call it a, uh, a teaser launch sometime in the first week of September. That'll take us through all that month, obviously bubbling below the surface because, you know, we're not going to go and compete with the AFL and the NRL because that, they dominate the media and they dominate TV in that period. But we're going to bob out with our new strategy. The first thing, of course, is clear air. We start the season when those other major football codes are finished. We bob up in the first week of October with a fabulous um, lineup because there'll be the kickoff of the A-League plus a World Cup game on the 11th. And basically, I'll be looking at you guys, and I'm happy to come back on the show. Once you see and feel and touch this campaign, if you're not excited... I've failed, but I don't reckon I will. I reckon I'll excite you guys. I'll give you something to feel proud about and assertive about. And I'm gonna, we're going to give you, hopefully, a, TV, a television commercial, which, when you see it, will be 30 seconds. It'll have you running around your lounge room singing your favourite football song, saying, when can I get back to an A-League game? Fantastic. Mate, I've just put my, my boots on. <laughs> I want to <laughs> <I wanna> play. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's fantastic, and that's really exciting. Now, Cole, just... You know, what you just went through there is something that the FFA in the last few years, or actually, you know, since probably the advent of the A-League, many people with the division of old soccer and new football, and you've touched on what you're trying to do there, connect with the old soccer. Um, And that's a positive term for me, not a negative term. Uh, There has been an accusation that the FFA don't come out as passionately as you just have to defend the game. Uh, is that something that you're conscious of? I know that's just you, but uh, is that something that the organisation's conscious of and maybe, you know, looking at maybe improving that in some ways? Well, look, you know, in fairness to, to FFA and the people who've established the over the past seven years from scratch what we have, which is uh, a national team that's been to two World Cups, a Matildas that are the Asian champions and, and did a fabulous job getting to the second phase of the Women's World Cup. A professional competition, and let's just, let's not forget because you you guys like me, we used to love the uh, the vaudeville of the National Soccer League. But let's be serious, what we've got now, first time ever when the A League came along, every game was live on television. Never happened before. Every player was fully professional. Never happened before. Every coach was fully professional. Never happened before. We only played in all seater what we'd call FIFA standard world class stadiums. Never happened before. Now, we've sort of taken that for granted a little bit and we've sort of tended to look at some of the gloomy things. And let's, let's be up front here. The, the global financial crisis has really knocked around the A-League, not so much because of what happens at the box office or what happens with TV ratings, but what's happened to the fact that we're a private enterprise league with owners who were using their business success from other spheres, whether they were in property or whether they were in software or whatever they were doing, whether they were selling, selling hardware, to invest in football. The GFC in many cases, knocked around these other core businesses that these, these investors had. And really, I think we've probably not taken enough um, notice of what that effect has had. So in the case of, you know, and these are great people who invest in the game, Con Constantine, um, former Newcastle owner, um, exited his investment. It was nothing to do with the Jets. It was all to do with the fact that his core business, which, which was 
you know, a retail-focused business was knocked about by the GFC. Same with the Biancos in Adelaide, you know. Um, entered, they had a, you know, fantastic supporters of the game of the old Adelaide United in the NSL and then the new club. And basically they had a massive hit to a, a property development they were running. And unfortunately for the, the Biancos, they had to exit the club. And unfortunately now if you read the, the, the press in Adelaide, the, the Bianco family are in um, all sorts of strife about even keeping the business they had. So that's been, that's been the negative prism for people. I go back to saying what we've got. We've got 200 of Australia's best young players on professional contracts. We've got Aussie coaches and some foreign coaches on professional contracts. Live TV every game. Good, great sponsors that we never had before. So for me, not only is the glass half full, it's, it's three-quarter full. We've got to fix the other problems about the, the stability of our capital ownership structure. That's something we can't do overnight because, you know, we're, if you read the newspapers, the US government came within 48 hours of defaulting. That's the wacky world we're living in. Mm. It's really hard to get some financial stability into any business, let alone a, a seven-year-old startup business called the A-League. So let's get some context around that. Kyle, as always, we haven't spoken to you for a little while, but it's uh, great to speak to somebody with so much passion. Just before we let you go, um, an exclusive for the Diego's, Harry Kuehl, Melbourne Look, victory. Harry Kuehl, I can only tell you what I read in the newspapers this morning. But let me oh, come on, you're talking to the Diego's, Kyle. You know the inside news, not what you've read in the newspapers. Look, on behalf of FFA, I'll say this. We want Harry Kuehl to be playing in the A-League this season. Um, if Melbourne can do it or Sydney FC can do it, that's fantastic. We believe he's, he would be a, a talisman for the league. He'd be a rainmaker. He's the, probably the, the greatest ever product of our country. However, um, based on the Melbourne victory, having spent a couple of months trying to uh, stitch up a deal, they've obviously said today that there's a deadline. Um, let's hope Harry and his manager can see their way forward to meet that deadline. If not, it still means Sydney FC, as far as we know, have got an offer on the table. And, um, and, and, of course, FFA, which is on the public record, have said we will support any club deal that Harry does because we accept that he would lift the tide of the whole league up, not just of the club he's playing. So there is still the means for, um, for Harry to come in, but I think, obviously, with sort of roughly eight weeks to go to kick-off, clubs and footy departments and coaches are very nervous about saying, OK, if we're going to have this Harry come in, we need to, to know soon because we've got to build a whole heap of not just football and team matters around it. We've got to obviously build marketing campaigns and what have you. So I'm hoping that we can get through this. Um, I, the delay is never good because, you know, idle, uh, idle hands and idle minds think the worst sometimes. So let's hope that this is just a, a blip, not a uh, end of section for the Harry Kuehl homecoming. Thank you very much there, Kyle. Good answer, but um, <laughs> not the one we're hoping for. But, uh, mate, really appreciate your time and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you more throughout the A-League season. Thanks for your time. And can, I, can I say on behalf of all football fans everywhere across the Pacific and across Australia, you guys have been doing the hard yards, I know, <laughs> for probably the best part of a decade and a half, two decades. I love your work. You're the sort of the passionate, uh, die-hard people that keep football going through thick and through thin. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Kyle. Checks in the mail. <laughs> that was a special soft sombrero moment with FFA Head of Corporate Affairs and Communication, Kyle Patterson. Next up, it's a global football update, so stay tuned. This is World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia. I've had teams before, but if you told them to play with the sweeper, they hired a maid. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diego's.